Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Mike. My name is Ray. We're having a very professional intro to our podcast today, aren't we, Ray? <coughs> this 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 po- um, this podcast feels slightly different. The world has uh, changed a little bit. Um, so, a couple of things we shouldn't do. A um, couple of things I respect. Some of the people I go to on YouTube and some of the podcasts I listen to when it comes to video gaming or exercise or just anything don't talk politics. So politics. we should probably do the same. I was going to talk, say a new console was out, but I mean, if you want to talk about the other thing, I mean, by all means. All I'm going to say is unexpected, but maybe it wasn't. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to just kind of proceed like everything is as it is because you know what sometimes it's all you can do is focus I'm on gonna say what we can talk uh, about and carry on I'm as normal. also I'm also going to say unexpected and you know if there I think that there are very legitimate reasons to be uh, disappointed in the results of this election and what it means for the future of our country but I hope you take this opera but I hope this uh Takes you take the opportunity if you feel this way to, you know, do something about it. Volunteer, <laughs> talk to people. You know, love thy neighbor. Not laughing yep. at you, Mike. I just got a text message about football-related things, and it made me giggle. Cause so well, my we are just off bad. topic. Oh. So, so yeah, uh, just uh, unscripted gaming. No, that's just unscripted. Yes. That's not a thing that happens. Unscripted. Here's something on script. Uh, do we have a? We don't have a script. Um. We, we had, like, some show notes of stuff we're going to talk about. I'm going to go out of order. So there's this new stupid-ass mini NES that we covered, like, six, seven The smartest ago. thing Nintendo's ever done. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh- <laughs> there, are, there are lines outside of retailers for this console. And there's none in stock. So let's start That's with that bullshit. That's because they're selling out. <laughs> no, no, here's what's happening. Here's, here's what's actually happening. One person at the front of the line who's been waiting there at the beginning, and this is verified, and there have been many, many news articles about this, buys the entire stock in that retail store. And let's face it, it's Nintendo we're talking about, so the entire stock is like four. (laughs) They go go online to eBay, and then they sell it for jacked up prices. This is November 13th, 2016. If you go to eBay right now, you will see many NESs selling for $5,000. Dollars, and you know what? That might be your only option if you're looking to get one within the next three weeks. Because okay, I was at my local Target yesterday. Yeah, I was at my local Target yesterday, and there were five people that happened to walk by the electronics section. I was actually buying a jacket for, uh, and that happened to be next to the electronics section. Five people walked by the same associate and said, "Can I get the new miniature NES?" And all the associates kept saying, no, 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 we're out of stock. I'm sorry, Nintendo only sent, like, three to this store. We were out of stock when we opened. Like, it's like they hate money. (laughs) They did the same shit with Amiibos. This this is so calculated. They know exactly what they're doing. They did the same thing with Amiibo. But this one, this is so, in my opinion genius and clever is it? what they're doing because is it really? think about it build the hype yeah, they're building hype right now and yeah they're out of stock and it's going to be really hard but you know what everybody's talking about how they're out of stock and how desirable it is so when they do make more stock mm-hmm. and put them out people are going to flood to them and they're going to buy them and they're going to just 
consume the shit out of them. And think about this. It's not just mm-hmm. selling more of these consoles here in the next few months as we get ready for Christmas. We have a new Nintendo com- console coming out in March. Yeah. What does Nintendo need to do to sell more consoles? They need to remind people that they like Nintendo, that Nintendo is a brand that they are behind. They did not do that with the Wii U. So what do they do? Mm -hmm. They play the nostalgia card. They get everybody hyped and pumped about Nintendo through this thing, through this super desirable hot holiday piece of equipment. And then come March, everybody's like thinking about Nintendo. And then, bam, new Nintendo console. And everybody's like, hmm, you know what? It's been a while since I've had a Nintendo console. Sold. Oh, or they don't buy shit. the Switch because Josh they're like, just, oh, I have all these old games. Someone called Mr. Nintendo. My uncle works there, and he accidentally leaked his entire plan to Josh. That's <laughs> Mike's stamp of approval. That sounds like a plan, boys. I don't that even care like what you say, Ray. Say, Ray. That's Sor- a, that's sources, sources close to the issue. Tell me. Confirmed. <laughs> if that's their business decision, it's an odd one because here's the thing. Because uh, it works? Yeah. <laughs> Unlike everything else they've done lately. <laughs> <laughs> Except Amiibo. Ray, are you going to sit here and try and tell me you have to convince people with logic and reason, or do you just have to appeal to their emotions? In both. <laughs> you got to do both. For some, I wish you were watching the video feed of this because Mike's face was hilarious. Ray, we've already talked about it. Consumers are so irrational. They just care about the emotional side and they're gonna yeah really good uh-huh. about nintendo after this and consumers when are out, really stupid you're right josh you, you think a people lot of right consumers in this country are very NES stupid are yeah <laughs> people because right you know now what? that the can't same buy thing. a mini nes are feeling good about nintendo yeah no, they're like <laughs> because they're like okay fuck it i can't buy this here i'm just, no no no, no because here's the thing they feel like they're missing out on something they're they're tapping into fomo everybody's talking about this hot new product and they can't get it. So the second they can, they're going to. It was the same thing with Amiibo when everybody was like, oh my God, we need to get the fucking Amiibos. And even see, though they didn't and, use them for anything. And we know how desirable things that have left this country and aren't coming back are. That that means a lot to people. So, I mean, the, the original NES isn't coming back. But, like, if there's someone, if there's something out there that can bring us, like, that can bring bring the NES can make I can make consoles great. I think it's again? a I think it's a great little console. I like, think it's a neat little thing. Uh, I think it looks awesome. Hmm. I would love to have one just for the fact that I think it looks cool and I'd like to have Are it. Are you gonna buy room. one? I don't wanna I'm never gonna play the games on it because I have emulators <laughs> that I play it on. I have, I have those consoles but in most so of those games. But I, want, Josh. but I want one because I want the little cuteness and I like I want that in my house. I just do for sixty bucks, man. When it's available, you know, real talk. I, I think it's gonna do fine selling wise. I just think it's uh, it already it, has. Me, they sold me, out. Me. <laughs> yeah, if you, well, if that you might mean three, they just sold like two. Sold three, so, like, well, we sold yeah. out. We're doing great. <laughs> hey. You're not wrong, but <laughs> stock market don't care. They just like to hear sold out. Write that. Write that check. Here you go. Here's some money, Mr. Nintendo. I mean, if you they, did good. they, they does, it, does like, that if they made, like, should we tell them that that's exactly how the stock market minutes, actually like works? The company money. That's exactly how it works. Yep. I, I, Dear I, I, Mr. I, I, Nintendo, <laughs> clack 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 clack. 
Take all of my money, please. Clack, 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 you know how clack. you make more money? Just make enough that everyone can have, and then you sell them. That's how actual business works. Dude, they're gonna Apple they're gonna make so many more of these, some... and they're gonna make so much more money. And then they're gonna make maybe the this the classic Nest two, and it's gonna be a different color, but it's gonna have thirty other games, and that's gonna sell like gangbusters. And then they're gonna do a mini SNES, and uh, they mm. and then Just, then the Switch is gonna come out. Wake me up when they make the orange spice mini NES, and then we'll talk. Let me know when <gasps> what they if they made SNES mini GameCubes? We'll yeah, dude, they need now, to make an orange ooh. GameCube. What if, they make a mini, what if they make a mini GameCube? Here's the oh, problem with man. GameCube, though. It didn't, have, it didn't even have... They didn't oh, be able man. to find 30 games for it. At, whoa, I can name <laughs> at least... You can say that about every Nintendo console mm. post N64. It, it, it's just like... It's <laughs> that's a, really well. Sad it's okay. It's, it has okay. So it has thirty copies of Sonic Adventure Two Battle. <laughs> it's so diverse. You have the single player game with all the the, the Sonic levels, the Shadow levels, the Doctor Eggman levels, the Knuckles levels with the weird rap. You have the hey, Chow Garden. The you have all the Chow multiplayer. You have the racing. You have the you have the multiplayer F-Zero racing. GX you have the multiplayer the battle. See, there's there. It's there. It's practically thirty games in one. You only need like. Two more games in there, so you just have Super Mario Sunshine and F Zero. No. <laughs> there you no. go. If there was a mini game <laughs> so, cube and they put Super everything Mario you could ever want, it, I would buy one nothing else. <laughs> I'll take one. I'll pre-order that right now. I'll pre. I, I would look. Give it to me. Uh, yes. To get back into a serious level, I would actually be interested in like what they're doing right now in the SNES version because I've played a bunch of NES games and the thirty that they offer on there, maybe only like five entice me. And those five, you can't convince me. You can't convince me that they're worth $2. Like, there's too many games I can buy on my phone for $2, and I will. And I think they look miles better. I, I'm going to copy this from Jim Sterling. If someone walks up to you and says, you have to pay $2 for a balloon fight, <laughs> you spit in their face, and you don't stop spitting in their face. <laughs> Well, now, now I got my gears turning. When do I get the mini Dreamcast? Is that a thing? Can that happen? I'm in. Oh, I'm in. I'm in it to win it. Oh, I'm in so hard. Does uh, it come I, with a little mini VMUs? Like just a, VMU? even it's smaller, smaller one. It's like it's like it's like it's like the cell phone from Zoolander. Just like it's literally unusable. And then in twenty, and then twenty years from now, we get the mini mini Ness. We were so concerned with if we could. We forgot to stop and ask if, if we, we should. should. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to sell fine, but the, the lack of product stock right now and the fact that scalpers are taking full advantage of that is not helping the consumer base. Yeah, I would actually love to Amiibos, see actual... though. This is even hotter. And I it actually it's... hurt Amiibos a lot. You don't hear anyone talk about Amiibos anymore because people got sick of them because they all got burned. The Amiibo market died after three months. I think it went on a little bit longer. Than Name that. another game that uses Amiibo support. It's not about. It's not about. It's users, not. It's, it's not about, about the games. Okay, name Amiibo and an Amiibo a, that came out. This isn't about selling a. Cla- you know, this isn't selling. This isn't selling an emulator in a box to consumers. This is about prepping for the Switch. You heard it here first. I, I disagree with you. Anyways, we'll moving we'll on. See. We'll see. I just want. I just want to say that the uh, that the um, Amiibos are still going strong because. The, the Waluigi Amiibo was announced in June of 2016. 
Okay. Amiibo. The state of Amiibo is stronger than ever. You know, we're getting to this. This moves into a next point I wanted to bring up. Uh, about two weeks ago, no, actually one week ago, almost to the day, uh, Wii U production has stopped. Like on Friday. No, they said uh, that November. it did, and then, and then they said that it did, and then they said that it didn't, and then they said that they did, and they can't make up their mind. But yeah, probably. Pretty much, it stopped. Like once Nintendo like says, "Yeah, we stop production on this." Who cares if they change their mind? That is basically the company saying we abandon support of this. And are you surprised? The, the game that Nintendo's leaving out on is Star Fox Zero. That's the representation of your entire product. Line. Technically, they'll be leaving out on uh, Breath of the Wild. That'll be the last game available for the Wii U. Good save. Uh, you're right. You're right. Breath of the Wild looks like a, that's the That'll be the second time a Nintendo console leaves out on a Zelda game. Because it left out on Skyward Sword. And I said, let this represent everything wrong with the Wii. Gimmicky as Sky, fuck Skyward to the Sword bitter to end. Princess. Oh, wait, no. no. Third time. No, I didn't mean Twilight Princess, sir. GameCube with Twilight Princess and the Wii with Skyward Sword. Oh, and let that represent the GameCube. Untapped potential to the bitter end. And hey. It went out like a they, goddamn they, king. They tapped plenty of potential via Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Would you stop? Okay. <laughs> Would you stop? I have that game. <laughs> great game. Played it all the time. It's a great. I'm gonna go listen to that Knuckles rap right now. Hold on. No, listen to all the Knuckles rap. Gotta get, get the chaos emeralds. Oh my we god. Gotta, we've got it. We've got to talk about something no. else. I just, I just can't anymore. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. We want to talk about Bloodborne. Yeah, let's I, talk about I, Bloodborne. Can I talk about how I I had a chance a couple weeks ago to buy either a PS Pro. Uh, PlayStation 4 Pro or a PlayStation 4 Slim with the Nathan Drake collection. And uh, I went with the PlayStation Slim, and here's why. One, um, what does the PlayStation Pro offer to me, someone that doesn't own a 4K TV? And I couldn't come up with enough reasons to justify the extra 100 bucks. I know it said it uh, would operate faster and it would upscale games, but me not having a 4K TV, I just didn't think that would be worth my extra hundred bucks. Plus, I yeah. got some games yeah, out of it. I guess, hmm? I guess that did come out. So, that. so yeah, I, that's kind of the vibe I got to. It's like it's a, it's a nice to have, but it's like if you don't have a 4K TV, then it's not gonna, it's not gonna move the needle too much for you. It's so. a, yeah, it's one of those things. It's not for every consumer, and every consumer needs to look at it and say. Am I the kind of person that's going to get the benefit out of this, or am I the kind of consumer that is going to be a little more price sensitive and go this route? And and you know, consumers are going to make that decision, and you, yeah. you made the one that was right for you. And I think you know, Sony giving you that choice is is a good thing. Oh yeah, so I got the PlayStation uh, Four Slim, which is fine. I know some people said it looks ugly. It's fine. Um, and it, it got the Nathan Drake collection plus Uncharted 4. And so here's where I get into Bloodborne. I turned on Bloodborne. It was the first game I got uh, downloaded for the new thing. And uh, what, the, what the hell is this? As I, as I was... Uh, distract us with the he's distracting us with wraps. Knuckles Raps. Stop it! <laughs> get those wraps out of here. Uh... I played a little Bloodborne and I got to... You know, I was ripping that game a new asshole. I was playing it. I was having oh, fun. Peace. Okay. And then, well, so let me finish, fucking Mike. And uh, then I got <laughs> to Father G, and the game reminded me. By the way, I I thought if you thought you were having fun with this game, let's just stop that right I, now. I, I'd Father also Gaston. I'd also like to clarify a point for our audience. 
Uh, Father G is the um, it's the uh, it's the second boss in the game. No, he's the well, he's the it's, first. It's the, he's the first required boss. I just wanted to make sure you know you knew that Sam wasn't like this isn't like you know twenty hours in the game. This is like it was like two no uh, an hour. This was two are hours calling, into are you the game. Ray Trump? No, no, no. Let me finish. When you, when you get to Father G, Father G is what many people online consider a skill check. As a matter of fact, if you go to a lot of message boards which rank uh, Bloodborne hardest bosses, Father G is always in the top three. It's because by the time your character gets to him, he just fucks you. He just professionally goes in full bore with a shotgun, with a sw- basically a switch axe, and just fucks you repeatedly yeah it's this is the game saying get good or stop playing yeah it's definitely a get good check and i think it's also one of the things i like i really liked about um bloodborne was just that i mean it's you can it's very dark souls obviously but it's it's very much its own thing it's it's like and i think father g is the first point in that game where like it's like, whoa, what I did in Dark Souls doesn't work here because this no. guy is going is super aggressive and I have to parry him. I, I, I can't just like dodge him. So I, I never think- parried him. Oh. Well, that, well, that, that's probably why it was so hard because you can do a lot of damage when you parry. Um, I, I parried all the other bosses. I never parried Father G. Yeah, but I, I thought that's what I really like about that boss is that just like it's like, oh shit, this is this is a whole new thing. And it's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, by the I'm, time I... F- you, you know what? It took me five hours to beat Father G. Like, all collectively told. And the worst part of Bloodborne is... Not when the boss beats you. You kind of respect the fact that you fucked up. Because the game gives you the tools to win. But you have to utilize them correctly to beat the boss. It's... You have to... Once you lose, all the items that you use during that fight... Gone. All those vials... All those uh, Molotov cocktails, if you used them while he was in his beast form, all gone. All of it. The bullets you might have used to parry him, all gone. So you have to go grind and grind and then try again and again and again. And yeah, it took me five hours. He's the only boss, though, that took me so far. I'm way more than halfway through the game. I'm like probably 75, 65% through the game. He's the only boss that took me as many tries to beat as he did. Uh, if I, if you don't mind, I also want to talk about one other boss that gave me shit. Whenever Bloodborne gives me shit, I stop playing the game Bloodborne and I switch to another game. So when Father G was giving me shit and I finally beat him, I said, okay, I'm done with Bloodborne for like the next four days. And I switched over to God of War 3. I beat it. And it, I, I, I think I understand what Souls players are saying now. God mm-hmm. of War 3 just felt too easy. It's mm-hmm. like it felt too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I've definitely, I've had times in Dark Souls where it's like I've just gotten stuck on a boss and I was like, ah oh, man, fuck this. And then you just come back and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna try it once and see how it goes. And it's just like you just just crank it out of the park and just like and just get no, it. I'm talking so about not, how other games, other games feel too easy now. It's other games definitely have a. Uh, um, other you definitely have a margin for error in a lot of other games that you don't have in Dark Souls um, or Bloodborne, uh, I, and uh, what, yeah, I, dude, Bloodborne, I, man, 
Oh, After I God. beat Father G, I got to the Bloodstained Damn. Beast, which this fucker, the, the fucking yeah, thing about the Bloodstained Beast is that, not that it's hard. It's actually really easy to parry. It's that the longer, when it's in its third form, the longer you're in the room with it, the more damage it does to you. So it becomes a race against time, and time being your health bar, to just kill this bastard. Or, it's a woman. To, to kill this bitch, whatever. And... After I got stuck at the Bloodstained Beast, I switched out and I started playing Uncharted 1. And I just wasn't having fun with Uncharted 1 because it was too easy. It, it was like, this, this game is baby time frolics. This, this game feels like the land before time compared to the <laughs> hell I just went through. <laughs> Man, it just... It- because it feels so good when you like when you put it all together and it, like it just worked. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I've been I've been Bible thumping Bloodborne for for decades, but for decades. <laughs> oh dear God, I just ugh. It's even if I were to ever get a PlayStation Four, I would probably not play Bloodborne on principle. Just to, no, you monster! Why would you do no, no, that? No, no, hold on, hold on. No. I, I actually don't blame Josh. Here's why. When I beat Father Gas- Gaston uh, last night... <laughs> Gaston? Me... I don't know if it's Gaston or Gascacon. That's incredibly thick as Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating. <laughs> I Welcome love Gaston. to Unscripted Disney. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot that part. Please, please I forgot that part Well, um, where... It, yeah. I would... That, that uh, that was actually unscripted. Good job, guys. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, <laughs> podcast. The, when I got the Father Gaston and I finally beat him, you know how you get to PlayStation <laughs> trophies and it compares you to every other person in the world who's played this game? Only f- 60% of everyone that's ever played B- Bloodborne beat Father Gaston. And as I keep going through the bosses and beating them, the number of people that got to the place where I'm at gets smaller and smaller. And I think I'm about to get to the point where only like 20% of people that has ever played Bullet Point has beaten it. <laughs> Man, that's such a... That's a... That makes... I like, I get it, but that's like... So Bloodborne is like... Because it... So you're just... You're on the tip of the iceberg of getting to like the really weird stuff. And mm-hmm. some of the some of the, like the, some of the end bosses in that game are real fucking weird, and it's really <laughs> awesome. But you, but it comes at a price. People that buy the game and they're like, "Yeah, I'll have fun with this. Maybe I'll have fun." They're like, "Holy shit, no!" And they stop playing. <laughs> oh, just give it a chance, please. I mean, Josh, did you ever beat Dark Souls? Nope. See, you want to know why? Because Josh couldn't be bothered to deal with that bullshit. Goddamn right. <laughs> you see, I actually um. Uh, this was something I was going to kind of bring up when we got around to Game of the Year stuff, but like, what one of the I think because when Dark Souls three came out this year, a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of felt like it. It seemed like a like a quote greatest hits of Dark Souls, and like I kind of get I, I I thought that was a weird thing to say about it, but I also think like, I think like from a, like a Souls game perspective, if I was telling someone to like pick a Souls game to start with. I'd start. I think I'd start with Dark Souls three. I mean, not to just. I know we had other things we wanted to talk about, but uh, it's it takes a lot of the bullshit out of the way because Dark Souls one. I love that game, but it is clunky as hell. Like you have no idea what any of the numbers do. 
Uh, you don't. You have no idea how to like upgrade your weapons it's or Im- do anything it's impossible. else. It's really it's really unfun in a lot of ways that just aren't. It's just it it, it could can, you can really fuck things up really There's easily. There's a difference between being difficult and then just being bl- fucking obtuse. And I feel like yeah. Dark Souls One is just obtuse. Like yeah, the the you know I picked up. Um, I was at Mike's abode one day, uh, and I picked up the controller when he was playing Dark Souls Three, and like I, I ran through some stuff and. I was chaining together dodges and combos like I'd never been able to do and played a lot more Dark Souls 1. It just felt better. Yeah. And like, like it, was, it was eight. You were actually able to like, I don't know, feel the timing without just having to bang your head against it for hours and being like, oh, this is how this clunky piece of shit works. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and just like their quality of life standpoint, it's like, okay, I. I know where my weapon upgrade guy is. I know where how to level up. I know uh, it just it just streamlines all that stuff just to make it so much, put so much more focus on exploring the environment and figuring out like the weird shortcuts and fighting. I mean, I think Dark Souls Three has some really good boss fights, and that was something I guess is, I was the, the, just the Bloodborne talk kind of jogged my memory of was just that like Dark Souls Three is so it's beginner friendly. But it's it doesn't lose any of the kind of you know difficult and rewarding combat like rewarding factors of the game. So it like if if you ever get a chance to like catch it on sale or something, Josh, I'd really recommend it just because like a lot of that bullshit that you, kind of turned you off from Dark Souls One isn't in Dark what Souls Three at all. About? I'm kind it, of- it's just like it's things like I mean l- this I at least they unpatched it from like. Uh, games for Windows Live, but the PC version of Dark Souls had that stuff going on for a while. Plus, like, there's areas where your performance just tanks and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it's just, you don't know how to, you you can't really upgrade any weapons or any equipment until a good three hours in the game and you accident, basically almost accidentally find somebody. Um, and even, even then, it's not very clear how to do that mm-hmm. or what yeah it is when you're doing it that you're doing like, like i'm pretty sure there's a thing. okay what did this thing do <laughs> like i'm <laughs> i'm you. pretty you sure there's this like i can't remember i can't remember off the top of my head but there's a stat in dark souls one that it, if you put points into it it's literally useless like it literally <laughs> it literally does not do a thing but it, it it's looks a get good check it, 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 <laughs> it looks like it does but it's it doesn't do anything so, and Dark Souls 3, I mean, and there's some, they're kind of still working on a couple tweaks here and there, but a lot of that stuff is just, it's so much more streamlined and is so much more clear about, okay, this will do this for you. So if you put point here, it does this. Like, it takes a lot of that unfun guesswork out of it. And mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a better game for it. Oof. Souls games. Souls games are real good. I got to beat Bloodborne first. I'm, I'm getting. I'm sensing the end. Can you sense? Can you sense the get goodness? You're almost there. You're almost good. Holy blade! I am good. You know what? Once you beat Father G, no one can tell you get good anymore. In my opinion, well, once you break down the barrier that more than half of the players could not of that game, 
you're you're pretty golden. You're you got good in my book, son. Well, we can move on from Bloodborne, but good game. Do we have to? Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll have a Bloodborne cast one of these. It's days. Okay, someday we will just sit down and just talk invincibility frames and how great Ludwig's Holy Blade. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted Ludwig's Holy Blade. This is uh, <laughs> Mike, your host. Let's talk about the best weapon in the oh, game. Oh, damn Fuckle. it. When you know it, I'm busy that day. Darn. Uh, darn. Fuck all the other weapons. <laughs> Should or, we? Uh, or I'll be on that podcast and I'll just fucking troll you guys the whole time, which no. sounds fun, too. I don't know. We'll decide. I would respect that. Okay, fine. I'll allow it. Overwatch Do we want a Sombra talk? Esports. Because that, uh, as I Who? predicted, on it, 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 shut up. It finally happened. There's Did no. It, it, Did it? It's, it's Stop gaslighting yet. me. Stop it. It, it happened. Still ha- they, she still hasn't launched yet, so, you know, it could, oh. they, they could have been anybody. You can play it on huh. the test server now. Right, have you physically played her yet? I have not, but I've... Then it doesn't exist? Oh, my God. I'm gonna swi- I'm switching over to the PC right now. Schrodinger Sombra. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. So there's a new Overwatch character coming out. Her name is yes. Sombra. She seems OP. She does seem fucking OP. I mean, I'm gonna hold Go off ahead on and it. Defend this, Mike. I'm gonna hold off on any uh, pretty serious like uh, OP concerns. I mean, that's why she's on the PTR like right, now. right now. Because, uh, God, <laughs> um, is to. Uh, I don't think we're gonna be OP in a few years, but we'll get there when we get there. Never mind. Um, uh. I think that's why she's on the PTR is to kind of gauge some of this stuff and any kind of the one thing I'm really glad about this is with her character direction is that it's really different. Like it, it really shakes up like the, the things you kind of thought were rock solid, like, Oh, you always have to have a Lucia. Well, now Lucia pretty much has a perfect counter, which it, it was so, so something that shakes up the game that much is and because we don't really know good all the good counters yet, like we haven't figured those out as a community. Um, I think shut down I, Lucio's gun. She can. I mean, her her ultimate blows up any shields basically, um, and that includes like a Reinhardt shield or like character health shield. So Man, if her. Lucio ults and gives everybody a bunch of shields, Sombra can just immediately cancel that out. With her ultimate, so it's like a that's a big that's a that's big. So it's just going to be. Um, I mean, she doesn't seem like to do. She doesn't seem like doing a to do a a ton of DPS. Like she's kind of a utilitarian, um, kind of attack character. But I really like how like just how different, um, you know how different of a change it is. Like it's not just you know guy with flamethrower. It's like a, a whole bunch of different abilities that kind of uh, lead to a whole bunch of different kind of ways to use the maps, use the teams. Um, yeah, I'm really, and I think it's a, just a cool character design. So I'm pretty. I can't wait to see what it, see. What, I can't wait for all those six v six sombra matches that will teach us yeah, everything. Yeah, that's all it's gonna be for a little while. Six v six. You know what? When Anna came out, there was not no six v six song. Anna because everyone recognized, oh, this is a super high-skill character. Samra just looks like, oh, yeah, she could teleport every fucking where and fuck any character that uses technology. So everyone's going to be Samra. I really, I really <laughs> hope that they impose the one character limit in quick play before yes. she comes out. 
Yeah, that, that'll be happening. that'll be that'll be on the same update. Good. Will Go it? Ahead. Yep. They are adding a one hero limit to quick play, which I am I am super duper okay with because you know I'm not I'm, I don't like to try hard all the time with like competitive. Sometimes I just want to do the quick play, but I also want to play real Overwatch instead of like everybody's Junkrat Farkle party. Um. <laughs> Overwatch. So, I don't so wanna, it can't I don't be five play, soldiers, seventy sixes, and a Reinhardt. Uh, Justin Timberlake, Overwatch. It's gonna what? be me. No. <laughs> oh God. Wow. Oh. I wa- I was like, I I walked right in. Oh God, damn it, Josh. That Jesus. was good. Thank you. Thank you. That was. Oh, that, I, I'm giving credit where it's due. That was good. Yeah. Damn, and speaking up. of good, you want to get good at Overwatch? <laughs> God, just fucking rolling with it today. 1v1 me, bro. IRL. Blizzard also announced the Overwatch League, which mm-hmm. is their official um, eSports league for Overwatch. Now, the thing that's different about this is, you know, lots of games have um, leagues for professional players. These are going to be specific to um, cities and regions, kind of like, you think about traditional sports. You have your, you know, your LA team, your New York team, your, uh, you know, Minneapolis team, your Seoul team, um, your Tokyo team. So it's not just going to be like, oh, we're a team from some country and we have all these players from all over the world. It's going to be a team that is localized to a region, and they're going to pay the living salaries of those players on that team. Uh, while they compete in this league, which I think is pretty interesting as far as the uh, longevity and legitimacy of eSports goes to really start to build a a fan base behind different teams in your um, your league. Now, it's, you know, first-person shooters are kind of iffy on their watchability as far as uh, it's, eSports yeah, it's- goes. That's something I'm that's sorry, still kind what? of evolving. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Counter Strike has a word to speak with you. I think I think he means in terms of like in comparison to League of Legends, is, which is a much like as uh, in, in terms of general spectation, isn't just like it, when you, there's only like you can see like an above map view, um, mm-hmm. and that's just how the game is period so it's there it's it's kind of the action itself even if it's a lot more complicated you can see a lot of things happening at once and that's an overwatch i think in their their esports broadcasting i think that's something that they've been really good at like making sure that they um like they've been really good at catching the angles like that's something that kind of comes on to the the broadcasters as well as you know because that there's it, it is a little harder um, since you're kind of locked into that perspective, uh, sometimes they're they're getting a lot better about just presenting that and and making it more like cohesive overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like you kind of have to think about at least in my opinion, you've got to think about showing first person shooters kind of like you do with like auto racing. You have to have lots of different dynamic cameras and people ready to not only switch the cameras to the different parts of the action as they go through but you've got to have a commentator who is flexible enough to kind of have a sense of everything that's going mm-hmm. on and switch with that um that camera direction and be able to talk about what's going on or be able to start talking about a a 
a thing that's going on on the other side of the map that is then getting panned to. So it kind of, it's a lot more fluid instead of just having a general overview of the whole situation, kind of like football or, or soccer or something like that. Yeah, and I am, um, but going back to the, the Overwatch League here, I think that that's, I think something like this is really cool. I uh, I mean, I haven't been, uh, I mean, I've been like aware of esports for a long time, but I, I was, I, I wasn't someone to follow, like, to be really into, oh, I know this player on this team, I know, oh, like, like really, I guess, into that, like, specifically. But I think this is, I think this is a good move. I think, because I feel like a lot of times esports kind of boils down to, you know, get the, you know, the who can get the billion dollar Dota pot every year. Um, yeah. So I think something that is a little bit more consistent for the players. Uh, I think the idea of having it like local, like or kind of region based, I think is Instead it's of kind of like a hardware teams. Mm-hmm. Like I think even if it is does have like a sponsored name like that, if I know that that's like the Indianapolis Overwatch Club or like the like you said the Minneapolis or like the the Philly Overwatch Club, like that's pretty cool. If like it's like hey that that guy plays for like the the Chicago Reinhardt's or something. The thing about this is this sort of thing that Blizzard is doing requires more money than me and you and Josh yeah. might combine to ever see in our lives. It's a lot of it's a lot of capital. And like I don't think any other company besides maybe Riot and maybe Valve are capable of doing this. So if they're setting a precedent for the esports scene, they're setting a it's fine that they're setting this precedent. I actually love it. I think it's great. But I think it shallows the waters incredibly to only the big boys can play. And maybe that's the way it needs to be. I don't know. Um, but I think if you it, ever want to have a chance of of smaller games getting that sort of... Even, even getting half of that level and that viewership, you have to work towards a greater legitimacy and a greater... Uh, audience even amongst just gamers like you have to get more people like the three of us or you know i don't know how much you watch of like esports and stuff but you got to get more people like us even watching those kinds of things so that you get advertisers you get sponsors you get you get more money towards you get more eyeballs towards and that way the smaller leagues are going to say you know we can expect this much viewership because we will be adjacent to the big boys and we'll get a little splash off that so if anything, I think this kind of it it both helps and hurts the little guys. I think it gives mm-hmm. them more legitimacy and more opportunity, but maybe you know they won't have the same. They they're not going to get as big. Yeah, yeah, I think Stan is definitely kind of right in that. With you need like a it it's kind of hard for people like smaller companies and teams of kind of competitive games to build a network of oh we're going to contact you know the philadelphia 76ers to buy this esports team like that that's a lot of kind of upfront networking that and uh i guess infrastructure building that's and a lot of just a lot of planning pure and simple that um it's going to be harder for a lot of i guess games that billions of people are playing aren't playing Um, yeah this isn't like any other physical sport where physical sports there is just 
typically like one or two leagues or teams that you can go to if you want to be considered a professional. Um, this is like if you want to get into professional video games, well, there's a shitload of competitive games out there and almost, I want to say, almost most competitive multiplayer games can be turned into an eSport of some type if you do it right. So if it become we become this scene where the way to do it right is everybody has to be paid, your teams can all exist, but they have to be locally based, which ups the amount of teams, which means there's even more teams that have to be paid, uh, which I, hold on, let me just stop and say right now, I fully agree with, and I'm totally on board with like every esport player having like a functional salary so they can work their craft as opposed to it being a hobby. Um, but there are hardware companies that typically were trying to take the reins from this because that's how you get paid. But if the actual publisher themselves wants to take the reins for this, that's a lot. As you said before, Mike, that's a ton of money being thrown up front and. That makes a lot of games just unable to compete with that to be a proper functioning esport. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's at, at least at this stage, I think it's far more likely that you're going to have a publisher like Blizzard front the money than have what has happened for most sports leagues, and you have a bunch of independent local teams that then come together and form this overarching league. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think that's the way that that's going to work anymore. So, you know, they, you kind of have to have that upfront investment. So we can say we have control over this. We are setting the things the way we want it. And we're going to do it in a time frame that isn't just like, oh, these little leagues are popping up and we bring them all together. We're just saying, well, no, we're doing this now and this is how we're doing it. So also, if you haven't yet played Overwatch and you're still curious about whether or not it's a game for you, you're in luck. We are having an Overwatch free weekend on PS4, Xbox One, and PC this coming weekend. Why'd you weekend. say we? <laughs> we, as in, I don't know. I'm, I, <laughs> Do you have something to tell us, Josh? I got a job at Blizzard, guys. All right. Good for you. I hear they pay well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the personal assistant to Mr. Blizzard now. I, wow. Don't even know. Wow. Mr. Bl- top awful. priority, Mr. Blizzard. Nerf Lucio and Zenyatta into the ground. So I'll... I'll Buff Reinhardt, Faraz Invincible. We're not, we're not uh we're not buffing. I mean, we're not uh we're not nerfing Zenyatta and Lucio. We're getting rid of them. We're just replacing. Wow, we're just replacing them with Reinhardt three and Reinhardt four. No, Reinhardt two. Reinhardt two is Sombra. Reinhardt two, Sombra, and Buff May. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the greatest, greatest. It's a it's a it's a great time to be playing Overwatch. May's walls are just now longer. <laughs> the longer and her, her and they're spike taller. shot does more damage. <laughs> if you pick someone other than Farrar Reinhardt, you just get immediately booted. Yep. Boots <laughs> you from the server. <laughs> and it deletes the copy of the game off your hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> that ought to learn ya. <laughs> Anyway, Watch. November 18th to November 21st or 22nd, I believe, you can download and play Overwatch <laughs> for free on all the consoles and platforms and uh, see if it's for you. Cool. That's marketing a marketing strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I wanted to... Um, I think we've, we've overwatched ourselves and we're overwatched out. I wanted to speak real briefly and have a follow-up to... Well, I said last week when I said Battlefield 1 was an almost flawless game. 
um, after some more hours, I have found many a flaw in this game. Uh, one, when you're in, when you select battle and you try to exit out the battle, you can't. Like, say, Mike, you're sitting down, you just played a good match of some World War One action, and uh, you're decided, you know what, I, I'm done for the night. I think I'm gonna, you know, turn off the game. You can't. You literally cannot until you're in the next match. Then you have to exit from there. Oh, that's annoying. That's pretty... Also, you cannot edit your loadouts unless you're in battle. Yeah. That's weird. So you have a medic loadout, and you're like, you know what, I just unlocked another gun earlier through one of my battle packs. I want to use that gun instead. You can't edit your medic loadout until you're in a match and either dead or about to deploy. Then you can edit your medic loadout. So you could take the 10 to 15, we'll say seconds, but it's really more like two minutes to like, okay, is this gun better? Is this gun worse? What's going to happen here? Wait, maybe I want to edit my medic loadout a little bit more. Maybe I want to go support loadout. Too bad. You're taking up time. Your teams are dying. Your squad needs you. And you're just sitting there fumbling Ah! around trying to figure out what gun you need. I feel like that's that's been in Battlefield before. It was in Battlefield... I feel like uh, Battlefield 3 had that. You I mean, might yeah, be you right could go you could go out to the main menu and lo- edit your load up, but like there was no like in between matches. Could you take care of that stuff? You had to just wait until the next round started. Yeah. No, no, no. This one you have to do it in the middle of the match, and there is no other way to do it. Like, like you can't is... go out to like the you can't go out to the menu and do it. No, you can't. That's what I'm saying. That option Ugh. doesn't exist. Ugh. I cannot edit my medic loadout unless I'm actively in combat. That can't be right. That is right! <laughs> oh my god, why would you do that? I don't and, and know. At least that does... Wrong. That, <laughs> I have found the flaws Ugh. of Battlefield 1, and they are... The game has very fucky user interface when you want to do simple things. Like... Hmm. When you want to do something as just, say, play a conquest map, that is like four button clicks. It's shocking. It used to be just, oh, I want to play conquest in Battlefield, and there it is. But anyways, that aside, I just wanted to go ahead and point out that previously, last week I said uh, Battlefield 1 was It's still good. It's just not flawless. I can't call it flawless anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's got a lot of weird flaws. It's okay. Bloodborne can be the new flawless game. It's fine. Fuck that game! But also, I kind of like it. It's it's yeah. weird. It's such a ma- it's yeah. such a masochistic game. The game doesn't respect you. It doesn't respect your time. It doesn't respect any energy yes, it, you put it, into it. It demands greatness. It, it says, "Hey, are you good? No, get good or go uh, fucking get home. good." All right. Since we somehow circled back to Bloodborne, <laughs> I'm just gonna end this podcast right now. Just gonna, you know, just goddamn it. Josh needs to get good, so we need to get going. Josh, you won't like Bloodborne. I I barely like it. I hate how much I like that mic. Speaking of liking things... (laughs) 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 Make sure you subscribe subscribe to us here on YouTube. Go to Facebook, like us there at Unscripted Gaming. You can follow us at Twitter at Unscript underscore gaming. Um, We are also on SoundCloud. We are on... Google Play Music, iTunes, 
Pocket Casts, and Stitcher, so you can take us wherever you are. But uh, thanks for listening to Unscripted Gaming. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. I'm Ray. Peace. Never letting you fuckers talk about Bloodborne again.